Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. So I wanted to let those of you who are colleagues or who are out there working to build a business know that I recently launched a new podcast. It's called the Make Money Mediating Podcast. And although it says make money mediating, it's really intended to help you build the successful business of your dreams, whatever it is that you are in business to do. In this new podcast, I share not only my own personal tips from growing and building several new businesses over the years, but also I bring on some of the top experts in all related fields who are going to share their wisdom to help you build that dream business and to achieve success however you define it. Be sure to tune in and listen and let me know what you think. You can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, and more. Or you can just go to the website at makemoneymediating.podbean.com. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I think it's such a common misconception that grief just comes with death. Obviously, this is something huge that we grieve. We grieve the loss of life. We grieve the loss of a loved one. Absolutely no doubt about it. And we also grieve all kinds of losses in our lives. We grieve when relationships end. We grieve if we move to a new city. We might grieve a medical diagnosis. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And listeners, today, you may not believe me when I say this, but trust me, we're going to talk about grief and it's going to be one of the happiest episodes you have listened to on my show. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but 
when you meet my guest and you hear her story and you hear what the journey she has been on, I know you are going to pull inspiration both from her story and also see that on the other side of grief is joy and that by going through your grief and honoring it as she did, and she's going to tell you how she did that, you will come out on the other side and you will find joy, happiness, and and perhaps a surprise experience with a pop superstar in your life, because she certainly did. So let me tell you about Rebecca Feinglass. She is my expert today, and she is an expert in grieving education. Um, She's an advocate and the founder of, get this great name, Grieve Leave. She has a community online that she has created to help you get through the grieving process. And she founded it only in 2021, middle of the pandemic, but because unfortunately for her, she came by grief the hard way. Um, She experienced a a great deal of loss in her life and really came at the process of going through grief in an intentional fashion. And that's what she shares with people. She shares, go to grieveleave.com, which is her website. Follow her on all of her um, accounts at grieveleave. And she's always sharing both tips and how to, to go through your grief. And there's a super dose of humor in there for you as well. So first, I just want to say thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. This is the conversation I'll, I told you when we first met for the the pre-taping discussion. The minute I saw your um, submission come in, I was like, definitely have to get this on. <laughs> and and then it turned into so much more when I actually talked to you um, because of your experience. But I'll, let me say first, just that you know that element of talking about grief. I thought was so important. And one of the things that I noted is so many people don't even realize that the grief process is what they're going through. And I know for you, you know, maybe let's start with your, how you came to acknowledging your own grief and and addressing it. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your story. Absolutely. And first, can I just say how much I love your podcast? I love the resources that you put out. And I have told you this already, but Boy, do I wish that I had found your podcast when I was going through my own divorce. Um, I, I think this is just a tremendous resource that you provide people. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Um, man, my journey has been one for the record books, unfortunately, yes. when it comes to grief and grieving. I lost my mother when I was a child to brain cancer. She was sick my entire childhood. Um, and I think I learned at a pretty early age that we as a society really praise people who are resilient in the face of challenges, who don't slow down to actually confront the feelings that they feel. And that was certainly my case. After my mom passed, I was very successful in school, um, had a lot of friends and, and really excelled professionally and personally. That all kind of came to a head when I would say at, at, um, probably the worst possible time on the first day of COVID lockdown, um, my father died really suddenly in 2020. And suddenly I found myself at age 30 with no parents. That we'll talk more about what happened in my divorce, but ultimately um, being a, a 30-year-old with no parents helped me better realize that I was in a marriage that wasn't serving me. And about a year after my father passed away, uh, I decided to end my marriage, which 
revealed a whole nother layer of grief that I had never considered in my life, um, that we actually feel grief after ending a marriage, even if it was our choice. Any, any end of a relationship comes with its own grief. I started to feel pretty overwhelmed by what I identified really for the first time in my life as grief. I'd never named this feeling before. This, this mix of feelings, grief is pretty complicated. And at the end of 2021, after I had tried my best to throw my head back into work, I was working for our state government at the time in COVID response at that point. Um, I decided it, it was too much. And I decided to take a really big risk and quit my job. I spent all of 2022 grieving every single day. And I decided to write about it in a blog, post about it online, just in case there might be someone else out there who was grieving and uh, was looking for for any kind of uh, anyone they could relate to. Uh, it took off from there and has been an incredible uh, year of grieving. And now foundinggrieveleave.com um, is a new journey to, to keep helping people connect with grief and grieving. Well, it's such such an incredible journey. And, you know, you said something there that I, I think is so important for my listeners to really hone in on, that we do live in a society that I call it the buck up buttercup, right? Like pit, mm. pull up your big girl panties or big boy panties. And, well, I don't know if men have panties, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, right. But But buck up, like, you know, get through it. Um, you know, don't wallow in your grief. Don't, don't be needy. Don't, don't accept your grief and go through your cycle. And, you know, so you, and you hit that so early to, to, to go through your childhood and have that really be an overriding principle. And yes, you achieved, I mean, you were very successful, but then to have, you know, grief upon grief, because maybe what people don't also realize COVID the pandemic exactly. it is was a, a you know my one of my prior guests um Dr. Elizabeth Cohen she said covid and the pandemic were just one long existential trauma but many of us didn't recognize that as you know something that instituted grief right Every, everyone got this big wave of grief whether they realized it or not we lost a sense of normalcy you know we we all of us whether we know someone who died of COVID or not, we all lost something throughout the past th three years. And it's been, it's been really heavy. It weighs on all of us, whether we recognize it or not, but we can, we can really change our lives. If we start to name the grief that is all around us, it's so innately human to feel grief. And yet it's something that we do not talk about as a society. No, we do not. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. And we also run from it, right? We don't, uh, you know, feel it. It doesn't feel good. Um, and so we do want to, there's on one side, buck up buttercup on society side, but there's also an element within ourselves where just, you know, I'm going to stuff that down how I'm feeling and I'm going to soldier on because that's easier, almost totally. than facing it. So I'm just wondering, you know, for the listeners out there who may not even realize that they are in it, experiencing grief, whether it's the end of a relationship or any of these other elements of life, changes in life, how did it occur to you? How did you come to the realization that you were in the grief cycle? 
know what's so fascinating? I think just to reiterate what you've said, I think it's such a common misconception that grief just comes with death and that we only grieve. Obviously, this is something huge that we grieve. We grieve the loss of life. We grieve the loss of a loved one. Absolutely no doubt about it. And we also grieve all kinds of losses in our lives. We grieve when relationships end. We grieve if we move to a new city. We might grieve a medical diagnosis. We might grieve, again, COVID had us grieving everything. We might grieve going, we miss going to the office and we were grieving about that, that old sense of normalcy. It took me really until the end of 2021 after my marriage had ended uh, when I, I chose to make that decision. And I was taking the time for literally the first time in my life, prioritize my own wellness, started doing yoga, uh, which had never interested me previously. I uh, previously was not flexible and <laughs> did not enjoy quiet uh, for all the reasons I, I think you, you mentioned. Um, when I was quiet, some pretty scary thoughts would come into my mind. Um, and it took me in, until the end of that year of trying to make space for my wellness and trying to work and trying to, you know, date at the time. It just surfaced for me for the first time that, you know, maybe what I'm feeling is, is grief, that I'm feeling this grief for all of these compounded losses in my life. Death of my mom in my childhood, I mean, 20 years ago the death of my father so suddenly that I had not taken time to process because I threw myself back into work. And I didn't even recognize that I was grieving from the end of my marriage because I was in the middle of these just awful divorce proceedings. It was like I was trying to make, my body was trying to make space for those feelings, but I I wasn't allowing myself to make space. And eventually at the end of the year, um, I think it, it certainly took therapy and it certainly took uh, help from friends to recognize that it was grief and that I needed to do something pretty drastic with my life in order to make sure that I was prioritizing my own wellness. And not everyone should quit their job. You know, I can't, I don't. I That's can't not say, step one. That is not <laughs> step one at all. And you know what I'd say? Like, I, it's such a privilege that I could walk away from a, a job that I loved. Um, mm -hmm. I loved working in government and education. It had been my entire career. It's making a huge difference in my home state. I loved it. But what a privilege that I could walk away and spend a year focusing on my wellness. And I, I would say I, I quit my job so you don't have to. I quit my job to learn about grief and grieving to now share the learning that I, I've come to through that process. And I'm I'm so grateful to be able to talk about it with you and with your listeners. I know what you did. You know, you quit your job, but you also set out on a journey for that year that was coming to every single day do something that honored your grief, that helped you with work through your grief. And I'm just wondering, you know, could you share a few of the things that you did? Because I think those will, you know, be immediately helpful to listeners just to, you know, I can see someone going, yeah, I can think of like, I'll sit down and cry for, a, you know, 10 minutes and that'll be one thing. But 365 days of things to do to honor your grief could be a, a, a long list. Totally. And I, I think that's why I set out to even do it in the first place. Something that we say to people who are grieving is, you know, take all the time you need. 
take all the time you need. And my, my response to that was to do what? What am I supposed to be doing with that time? And uh, I, I didn't really know. Um, I learned a ton over the course of the year. I'd say that the two things that I'd want to highlight for you and your listeners are pretty simple things that we can do to grieve. Um, you mentioned crying, but I, I would actually argue that, that that's huge, right? Like actually making space to feel the feelings that you have. Grief is just messy. It is sad. It can be angry. It can be all different kinds of feelings. But I don't want to totally gloss over the impact of, of crying and spending time in your feelings. Is It's so important. And it's not something that I wanted to do. But actually, like taking the time to acknowledge your feelings, it's huge. But the two things that I'll highlight are, one, uh, I set out on a road trip across the country by myself at the beginning of the year. It was a year ago, I think, that was just finishing up this road trip. Um, to a, a special place to that was important to my father, my late father. Um, I drove from Durham, North Carolina out to Tucson, Arizona and back and made a lot of stops along the way. But having that time and that space by myself with my two dogs in the backseat of the car for have the dogs. <laughs> I have the dogs for two weeks, totally on my own in the middle of nowhere, you know, of New Mexico driving in the desert, for example. It was the most empowering experience to just center myself in my feelings that I felt very whole. I felt capable. I felt sad. I felt angry. I felt joy. But just driving and taking that time out on the open road was really powerful for my grieving. And I could not have expected that one. That, that's one, one example. And then the other one is one way that I grieved my divorce. We can talk about the divorce party in, in a minute. That's another oh, way I yeah. grieved my divorce. So we'll come back to that one. <laughs> but another example of how I grieved my divorce is going through old photos of me and my ex. And um, what at first felt very daunting and overwhelming is 10 years of a relationship in this digital age meant there was a huge virtual footprint of our marriage and our, our relationship. I needed to do something about that. I let the photos sit for a long time, uh, about a year. And then in my year of grief leave, I started going through all of them. And I sat with the feelings that came looking at each digital file and pressing delete. I put away or threw away photos at my condo finally but I allowed myself the space to look at the picture, to remember what was going on behind the scenes or what I saw in that photo, what I thought I wanted to share with the world by sharing that photo with everyone. But that, that process of just acknowledging the feelings that I felt with getting rid of each photo was really powerful for my grieving. That is, there's, that is such an exercise. It's really uh, striking me. I did, you know, I got divorced over 20 years ago, so 23 or so years ago, no digital back in those days, but I had photo albums and I had shoe boxes full of photos and did something similar at that time, but didn't even see it in that moment as a part of, of healing from the grief cycle. But wait, so when you're talking about it, it really resonates because one of the things for me that it helped me do was instead of looking at the relationship as a fail, 
that had come to an end in a way of failure, it allowed me to almost relive the relationship and see it as a natural circle, one that had come to an end, but not a, an end of failure. And I wonder if you felt that in that moment. Absolutely. I think we need to end the phrase failed marriage. We just need to stop using it across the board. There's no such thing. I am not a failure. Neither are you. Neither is anyone who chooses to end their marriage. I would argue we are some of the strongest people in the world. If we have the courage to leave a situation that isn't right for us, it takes a ton of courage. We should be celebrating the fact that we prioritized our well-being when I think everything uh, in society, everything legally uh, incentivizes us to stay in that marriage. It, even if it's, it's an uncomfortable relationship or an unsafe relationship, it can be scarier to leave. And I, I just refuse to use that failed marriage language. Absolutely not. I'm with you. I am in a hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> Somebody the other day, I posted something that said we need to normalize divorce. And a woman posted something to the extent of you're, you know, you're just making it too easy for people to leave their marriages and making divorce, you know, too easy. And I'm like, if anyone who thinks divorce is easy, even if you're the person who wants that divorce has has never been on the inside of a divorce. There's nothing easy about it, but I agree with you 100%. It is. It should be honored as something that is bringing about the end of something that is serving. If it's not serving one, it's not serving either of the people in that relationship. And getting divorced, I live in North Carolina, getting divorced here is a journey in itself. And it my experience in getting divorced here, just the legal process alone, and the, that, that put another layer of trauma on top of this whole experience for me. And when I think about how proud and relieved I was to be on the other side, I think about the second layer of grief that came with that, this feeling of, you know, I remember the night before uh, my divorce decree would be signed by the judge. All of this was finally coming to an end. Right. And I sat there in my bed crying. And it is because I was so afraid to get that label of divorced, a divorcee at, yes. age, at age 32. And yeah. even though I had taken, I was so proud of myself for making this decision. It had been years in the making. There was something about that label the night before the paper was about to just be signed. It was about to be over, Susan. That's when this wave of grief, of shame really hit me. And it just doesn't have to be that way. That's society talking. That's that, that failed marriage narrative talking. And we just, we don't have to feel that way at all. And I, today, I don't feel that way. But that night, it hit hard. I agree with you 100%. I remember leaving my divorce hearing and having to get in my car to drive upstate New York to go to my cousin's wedding. So I literally like walked out of the courthouse, got into my car that was packed and drove to a wedding. And I remember feeling those feelings that you're talking about and being surrounded by family who at this very happy event and everyone seeing me and going, oh, are you okay? Thank you.
Hello, listeners. I want to share an amazing resource with you. It's called Hello Divorce. Founded by a lawyer and certified family law specialist, Hello Divorce can help you no matter where you are in your divorce process. So whether you're just getting started or if you're near the end but have stalled out and need help to get over the finish line, Hello Divorce can help. They provide full-service divorce support, and they can handle divorces of all kinds, all net worths, and with or without children. It's completely online, convenient, and they offer you support all the way through. Their clients get divorced in one-third the time and at one-tenth the typical cost. So go to hellodivorce.com backslash beyond and receive $100 off the cost of their services. And I want you to know, Erin Levine, who's my friend and the CEO and founder of Hello Divorce, was a guest on episode 197 entitled, Get the FYI on DIY Divorce. So be sure to go check it out. We'll link in the show notes. To my colleagues out there who are listening to the podcast, I just wanted to let you know that Mostyn Guthrie Academy, my online mediation and collaborative law academy with Forrest Woody Mostyn, has a full slate of trainings and study groups scheduled for 2023. We have our first advanced mediation training coming up this February. So go to the website at mostynguthrie.com and check out all the different ways that you can study and train with us in the coming year and join the Mostyn Guthrie family. And as a special for Divorce and Beyond listeners, if you put in the code DB50, you'll get $50 off the cost of a training or study group. Stay tuned for more from Rebecca Feingloss as she shares the iconic moment when Adele crashed her Vegas divorce party. Trust me, there will never be a divorce party to top this one. I think about my divorce party as a really empowering moment of owning my feelings, owning my pride in this really, really challenging decision. My divorce party was about celebrating my friends and thanking them, it was not about my ex. I think that's an important distinction. If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's episode with intuitive healer, Holly Hughes, as she shares tips and insights to help you get through Valentine's Day or any day where you're not feeling the love in your life. It doesn't have to be what people say. So stop beating yourself up for what you think you don't have, because I am pretty damn certain the choice you made or the choices that were made that led you to where you are is because something so much better is coming. And now we return to today's show. My divorce hadn't taken that long. I was a divorce attorney getting divorced. I knew how to expedite <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I, what you did, now you talk about celebrating or, or entering into that next phase post-divorce. So in the media, gosh, about six months ago, I think there were a flurry of stories about the divorce party and all. But what I want to say is there will be never, there will never be a divorce party to top your divorce party. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. Wow. What you, an honor. That's really You nice. did it up. 
You are the queen of the divorce party. And I'm not even, I'm going to let you describe your divorce party. It's your honor. You, you take it away. Uh, I wish I had known you back then, Susan, because you would have been invited. I would have been thrilled to be there. (laughs) So my divorce party turned out to be the bookend of my year of grief leave. And like I said, I got divorced in the state of North Carolina. I had plenty of runway uh, of this process to know that eventually it would come to an end. And when it did, I wanted to celebrate the end of uh, this entire process. I decided that in order to um, recognize that my divorce was final, I wanted to have a party. And I wanted to do that for a couple of reasons. Um, I think it's really common. You know, we talk about bachelorette parties all the time. That's, that's sure. much more common in, in the narrative here. But I think for all of the reasons that we've said, we no more failed marriage talk. That's why I think divorce parties should be more common. We should, if, if it's right for you, if you want to celebrate, if that's, if that's a, a feeling that you, you want to share with people, um, we should honor the bravery that it takes to end a marriage. And for me, I particularly wanted to celebrate the women in my life, my female friends who got me to the other side of all of this, the ones who on my lowest days, gets me emotional to talk about my friends are incredible, but on my lowest days, when I feel like I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't deserve to be here, or I felt like I wasn't deserving of love anymore, really low right. moments. My friends were the ones that carried me through my divorce. And more than anything, I wanted to celebrate them. So this divorce party, I told them the whole weekend, they thought they were there to celebrate me, but I actually wanted to bring them together to celebrate them. Uh, what better place to have a divorce party than Las Vegas for a few different reasons, but among them, the incredible Adele uh, has a residency that I think it's almost done actually in Vegas where um, she is hosting concerts in a really small venue there. Her album 30 is about her divorce. And her album about her divorce came out exactly at the same time that I separated from my ex. And she, Adele is my age. And that album helped me feel like I wasn't a failure. She, through her art, put out very publicly that she was ending her relationship. And she helped me feel really seen. So, of course, we had to go to Las Vegas and go see her. And see Adele. Of course. It was an incredible weekend. We ate a lot of really great food. We danced. And then at the end of the weekend, we went to the Adele concert. Um, so I had a group of about a dozen of us uh, gather together at the show. And I had a tiara on that said, uh, divorced, babe. And Adele had gone viral when her album came out, when someone asked her what her album was about on Instagram Live. And I... Oh, I'm going to do a terrible Adele impersonation. She said, divorce, babe, divorce is what her <laughs> album was about. And that, that went viral. So my divorce, babe, tiara was an homage to her. Adele ended up talking to one of my friends in the audience at the concert, which th- the whole thing felt like a movie. And if there weren't video to prove that this all happened, I don't, I don't know that I would believe it. My friend told Adele why we were there. Uh, this is in front of the whole audience. Adele was really touched by the fact that we had gathered together to celebrate my divorce and to celebrate getting to the other side. At the end of her concert, she stopped the whole show. You know, we're clapping for her and giving her a standing ovation. And she stops her whole concert to point to me 
and my friends in the audience and say how much it meant to her that we were there gathered together. And she spoke really beautifully about the importance of friendships, particularly when relationships end. That moment at the concert went viral, made international sure news. Sure did. I yeah. then made a TikTok about it. That went viral. And it has been this incredible collective, it's this moment of support mm -hmm. that seems to just have resonated with so many people globally that I think all of us are tired of the failed marriage talk because this video is touching a lot of people who are saying, you know, thank you for um, speaking up about the importance of, of celebrating the end of something that's bad for you. Thank you for speaking up about the importance of friends to help you get through these really tough times. And most importantly to me, it's really raised the conversation around how we grieve for all kinds of things in our lives, particularly um, the end of relationships. And when we name that as grief, when we see that grieving doesn't have to, to just be um, the crying part. Maybe we can also celebrate in our grief too. That's, that's what I chose to do with my divorce party. And I, I love that that has resonated with so many people. It's helped me feel very connected, um, all across the world. It's been incredible. I, I'm going to link to the video and a lot of the news for my listeners in the show notes. So they, they will be able to enjoy it if they haven't seen it already, but, um, it will all be there. But, you know, you even brought Adele, who has been very public about how difficult her divorce was for her. I suspect grieve leave and the and the community would have helped her, mm -hmm. um, and it touched her so much she actually w cried. And I and I think you know the celebration of it. This is what we talked about at the very top of the episode: is the grief and the messy and the difficult. The other side of that is joy. Yes. And so, an episode on grief is also an episode on joy um, because the two are, are combined. They're two sides of the coin. And one thing I want to very much emphasize, and you have emphasized this in some of your interviews, and I, I commend you, your divorce party was not at all about your ex. I don't know anything about him because you don't talk about him, and that's it's because he's not a part of your journey beyond. And I want to emphasize that for people, your divorce party was about you yes. and about your friends. And that's so important because people, I think, and I've seen the pictures of divorce parties where it's like cutting off the head of the groom or, you know, uh, just a, a mean spirited negative look at your ex. And I don't think that's helpful no, to the process. No, I, you know, thank you so much for saying that and acknowledging that. I think about my divorce party as a really empowering moment of owning my feelings, owning my, my pride in this really, really challenging decision. It is my divorce party was about celebrating my friends and thanking them. It was not about my ex. I think that's an important distinction. I, it also makes me think about. Um, what grieving looks like that's really authentic. It's about acknowledging our own feelings. Maybe we do have anger in our grief about what didn't come to fruition in a relationship. I certainly have grief about the future that I thought I was going to have and I didn't get to have in that marriage. Um, but those are my feelings. I own them. This is about me. 
that's what I'm in control over. Um, and so that, that is not where my energy was at the divorce party at all. This was a, a very focused on, on me and my friends. And I think that is, is important for people to keep in mind. If, if other people who are listening are thinking about, oh, I should have a divorce party. I should celebrate. And I love that. I, I think if you want to celebrate, you absolutely should, but I would encourage you to think about why you want to have that party. Is it about you? Is it about acknowledging your feelings? Is it authentic to who you are and how you feel? Or is it negative or mean-spirited? And I would I would be really curious and think hard before doing something that could hurt somebody else. And it hurts you, honestly, because when you there's a righteous anger that you're entitled to. You know, I use that phrase intentionally. That you, your partner may have done you wrong. Uh, there may have been things that were just not good partner behaviors on their part. But when you stay focused on them and what they did to you, you create yourself as a victim. Yeah. And you, there's nothing empowering about being a victim and keeping yourself there. There's actually, I think that's one of the most disempowering things because you're doing it to yourself. Mm. And so what I I loved about your party, aside from the fabulous Adele crashing, <laughs> which, I mean, you can't get better than that, but the very positive Rebecca and Rebecca's friends center of that, a joyful step into your new, you know, for my listeners, beyond everyone. That's why this podcast is Divorce and Beyond. I want you all to be able to step into your beyond, whatever it's stepping beyond, and have it be that joyful, you know, celebration. And yes, certainly you mentioned, you know, over the weekend, there were tears. There can be happy tears. There can be sad tears. Um, but again, those can be cathartic. Oh, absolutely. I think in grief, we have to hold all of these emotions all together. And uh, there were certainly a lot of tears the whole weekend of my divorce party. You know, what's funny is uh, one of my friends said this to me. She said that we didn't really even say the word divorced until we got to the Adele concert because the whole weekend was just so focused on bringing friends together and celebrating each other. It just like that was our priority was just to be together and be present and be um, there for each other. And the divorce came up mostly at the concert, you know, yeah. when, I, oh, when yeah. I put on a tiara, yeah. <laughs> I put on a tiara. It's like, right. That is the, the thing that brought us all together was one of the most challenging moments in my entire life. And there is beauty in that. And I, I couldn't be, ironically, I, I couldn't be more grateful for this whole experience. I've learned so much about myself because of my divorce, because of that relationship. I've learned about friendship because of that relationship. And I, I'm better for it at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I had recently, um, an author on who wrote a book about going to Paris, Natasha Sislow, and she was going to Paris to find her soulmate, to find love, to replace her, her former husband in that relationship. And she, what she found there, because all her girlfriends went to Paris with her to help her find the new soulmate. And she said what she realized is she was already surrounded by love, mm -hmm. that she had so much love in her life, you know, that, that she actually found what she was looking for, but it wasn't 
what she thought she was looking for. And, and, you know, so many of us who have been through that journey of divorce or loss have found new strength, new, uh, you know, new lives beyond that are so much better, so much richer, and that we're so much more grateful for that our losses are almost gifts, as you just said, right? Something that helps us move forward. I love that. And it, you're making me think about how grief and my relationship intersected for me yeah. because I, I think I stayed in a relationship in a marriage that wasn't right for me for a long time because I didn't feel whole first and foremost. And that I think had a lot to do with my childhood and with losing a parent young over time, what I've learned and what I've learned in dating since my divorce and in dating while grieving, I've learned that I have to prioritize myself and my wellness first. I have to love myself more than anything else. And when I, when I've learned that now that I've, I've come to that realization, it, it has changed the relationship that I'm in currently. It's changed my life, but it, it fundamentally, it took me a year of grief leave to really love myself. I would say I have a feeling that other people can, can connect with that. There's so many different reasons why someone might get divorced and why someone might choose to end a relationship. But I just wonder if many of us have ultimately realized, man, I need to love myself better. Maybe that is the central issue here in it all. That's certainly where I've arrived. Well, and and you mentioned the community and that people would benefit. That's why you've created grieveleave.com. And, you know, I want to encourage my my listeners to go and and go check out the website, follow you. Tell us about Grieveleave, the community. What's incredible is after this year off that I took to grieve, I could have never imagined the way that um, talking about grief and grieving would connect with so many people worldwide. And starting grieveleave.com is all about creating community. It's about opening up conversations around the grief that we all feel in all kinds of losses, whether that is the end of a relationship or a death, the end of a job, um, again, a diagnosis, something like that. All of that grief needs to be talked about. And grieveleave.com facilitates those conversations. It helps connect people to resources who really need them. Um, we, uh, laugh along the way for sure. Um, cause grief can look like all of these different emotions coming together, but I'm just thrilled that we are, are founding this community, um, and that we're coming together to talk about something that's so important and that's so hard to talk about, but grieveleave.com is, is there for you and for your listeners. Well, I encourage them all to go there. As always, guys, I will have links to grieveleave.com in the um, in the show notes, but also links to all of Rebecca's um, wonderful social media and definitely that viral TikTok and uh, media around Adele crashing your divorce <laughs> party. So Rebecca, this has been, I just know, I know this conversation is going to touch so many of my listeners. This is such a valuable episode and what you have done in sharing your journey, which can be hard to do to put your personal journey out there. I I just am grateful to you on their behalf and on my behalf. So thank you for having this conversation and for starting a community to help people going forward. Thank you so much, Susan. I can't thank you enough. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. 
thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.